Well, let's look at Ephesians 5, verse 17 this morning. Spent some time on a series called uh, Full of the Spirit. This is a scripture that we read a number of times. We're going to read this and go on. It says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We understand you can be wise or unwise in the way you live your life. Yeah. And the uh, foundation, just the beginning point, you know, some people. They draw the line right here. They don't even believe there's a God. Well, that is foolish. The Bible says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's a bad start. What what are you even doing on the earth? You you don't even know. Don't even know. You know, people think, are deceived enough to think that this natural life somehow just came into existence and that when you, when you, pass away when you, you die on this earth, that's it's just your life's done. That's it. <laughs> There's so much more. We were talking about it the other day. I mean, what, what do you even think? So I, I, I grew up, I was born again when I was around six years old. So I, I, didn't, I was never an adult, never a teenager where I didn't know God. Certainly not middle-aged or elderly. I don't, I honestly do not understand what people, when, if you're going to believe there's no God and you're going to go through life, especially as you start getting older and you see people that you know die and you don't believe there's anything else, what, what, do you, what are you thinking? Um, serious question. What, is, what are you thinking? You think it's just all that people are just believing in something to comfort them? Well, there's a reality. What is that reality? What do you think as you start to see people, you just go back and say, no, 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 I'm shutting it off. I'm just going to go back to the world as it is. I don't care. La, 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 I'm not going to pay attention. Because there's, there's a spiritual realm. There is something after this life, and there is a lot going on right now. Spiritually, it's not just what we see and feel and hear and somehow we just came into existence, and we try to be good people, and then we die, and that's just it. It's deception. You know what it is? It's a distraction. To get people thinking just to go back and be busy and be busy and be busy and just go on and not think about any of that stuff. Because when you start thinking about it, you realize there's something that you ought to be doing right now that has eternal value. There is a God that you're accountable to. It's real convenient. People say, well, there's no God. That means I can do whatever I want. But when you bring it back to there's a God, well, what does he have to say? What's his moral law? What is right and wrong? Well, I'll wake you up, slap you across the face and go, wait a minute. What's important? What am I doing? Aren't you glad you know God? Uh, Hell's a real place. God's not sending anybody to hell. Everybody's on their way to hell. <laughs> and without the gospel, without what Jesus did, they're, they're lost. And because of what Jesus did, actually, they have a way to be saved. But if they don't take it, <laughs> you're going to hell. Hell is eternal damnation. Hell is a place made for the devil and his angels. But anybody who follows them that won't receive the gift of life is going to have the same destiny. Again, not a pretty thought. Well, we'll just pretend like that doesn't exist. Well, I don't believe in hell. <laughs> it does not have anything to do with whether it exists or not. You can believe whatever you want. It doesn't make it true or untrue. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 17, therefore do not be unwise. Everybody... Everybody should make the decision right now. I am not going to be unwise. Now, if you came in the in the in the in the uh, room this morning and uh, just you know dawdling along, whatever, uh, we ought to just snap to attention. And go well. 
I know I'm not going to be unwise. If I've done anything that's unwise, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to be wise. Wise what? In a ter- wise the way some man tells you? No. Wise, truly wise, which is what God says. You're living your life according to what he said. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk. Oh, sorry, going too fast. Back there. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Can you understand what the will of the Lord is? He just said it. Well, I guess you can. You, you can understand what the will of the Lord is. You can't it's just, well, it's just unknowable. We just don't know. It's God. God, we just don't know what he... No, the Bible tells us we can understand what the will of the Lord is. The Bible tells us we can know truth and we can act on truth. Verse 18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. And uh, let's look at Colossians 3.16, just the first part of that. It says, uh, let the word... Of, well, we'll read 16, 17 too. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Another uh, translation says permeating every part of your being, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do... In word or a deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, in word or a deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we have a purpose. We're supposed to be doing everything we do in His name as a representative of Him. Thank you, Lord. So being full of the Spirit, doing the will of the Lord being wise, not unwise, uh, serving Him in everything we do. Now let's look at Hebrews 10.23 this morning. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Verse 24, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much more, the more as you see the day approaching. In the Amplified, it says, let it, or verse 24 says, Let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship, and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully, as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. I'm going to read that uh, verse 25 again. Not forsaking our meeting together. As believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more faithfully, as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Let's look at that in the message. Verse 24, let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. This is talking about gathering together like we're doing now. Notice it says, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. Let's go back to uh, the New King James, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, or as the habit of some, as Amplified said, but exhorting or encouraging one another. Not 
forsaking the gathering together of each other, as is the habit of son. You know this is really, really common now that people don't gather together. People would say, don't go to church. You know, we're the church. But this is the gathering of the church. You know, when I was thinking about this, and um, and then thinking about it and relating, you know, we've been talking about staying full of the Spirit. This is not even close to optional to gather together. I know in 2023... Post-COVID, I hear it all the time because I talk to pastors a lot and ministers a lot and people a lot. People's habits changed. We know that in every area of life in COVID. Right in the church, uh, it changed where, you know, thank God for technology. Thank God we can watch a service. That's not a substitute for being here gathering together and people's people's habits change where it's like hey, and, and we were all in it we know i mean you know you can work from home and you know people are you know in shorts on the bottom wearing a suit on the top and in a zoom call and you know okay you know but it was a season but people got used to that you know instead of getting out of bed and getting the kids ready and coming to church like you say it's it's much easier to you know Turn on the TV two minutes before and pop it on and watch it. Okay, well, that's COVID. That's post-COVID. But this is written 2,000 years ago. Okay, this is not a new concept. Whatever the reason is, it is not even remotely optional to, to decide not to gather together. This is not something that, well, you know, I mean, could go to church, but, but I don't really like going to church. I, like, I prefer to be, I, I'm, I'm a lone wolf. I'm alone. I, I go, or just us and our family, we, we can go, we can do it. That is contrary to the Bible. It is not optional to gather together. This is saying not forsaking the gathering of our, ourselves together. If we're going to do what we're called to do on the earth, then we absolutely need to get together and have a local congregation that we call home, that we are part of, that we can look people in the eye and know their names, and we have a pastor that, that we call our pastor, and that we gather together and we're running together because God set it up that way. And if we're going to even say, be full of the Spirit, this is non-negotiable. You th people think they're full of the Spirit and they don't have a local church. You're full of something, but it isn't Spirit of God. Not kidding. Because you can't contradict Scripture and then, and then be, act like you're walking in line with Scripture. No. Well, I, was, I, you know, I was thinking about this and um, actually thought about this a lot lately. You know, what, why do we, of course, the Bible tells us to, but when we gather together, what are we doing? Why do we do that? You know, you think of a, um, I think of a church service. Maybe I ought to read some more scripture first, and then I'll, we'll go on. But let's read, just let's look at some more. 2 Peter 1, verse 1. Says Simon, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us, obtained like precious faith. You know, you know people that have obtained like precious faith. Of course, you know we center up on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done. But, you know, you're going to have people uh, you know, people in, in uh, Christianity, across um, Christianity, have more or less understanding of certain truths that are included in the Bible. Different backgrounds, 
different places in life. And the Bible is our source of truth. And the Holy Spirit will always confirm what's in the Word. But people are at different levels of understanding of the Word. And you know that men, mankind, has made all kinds of tradition. So they do stuff a certain way in certain groups. Well, so you have all kinds of ways people approach the Bible and what we would call truth. Well, we need to, to find somewhere that we hook up and that our understanding of the Word and the truths that we understand in the Word are readily put forth so that you can feed your faith in all these areas. It, we do not, if we think we're going to, well, I understand certain things, but then I'm going to hook up with a body of believers that despises those things or don't have light on those things, you will find yourself slipping because your faith is not being fed and you will drift basically like whoever you're around. And that's why then if we don't, if we don't go to church, we say go to church, if we don't gather together at all, who are you around? Well, you're around, we'll just say I'm around nobody. No, you're being influenced by something. And if you're in the world, you're being influenced by the world. And it is a slow process, and people can't, they don't understand they're changing. And they're slipping. Because you see everything around you. Well, they look, they're way worse than what I think, but, you're, but they're getting worse. <laughs> so you're slipping. Hallelujah. God, God, uh, he ordained us to gather together, and uh, we're supposed to gather together and have our faith encouraged. Notice when we, we read uh, in uh, Hebrews, let's go back and read verse 24 again. Yeah, I had my heart. I, you know, we've, we've taught on different things over the now, even last year, we talked about the role of the pastor and really talked about some things in the church. Don't have my heart to do a, a you know, real depth teaching or anything on this this morning. Just more of a way of just looking at some scriptures and encouraging ourselves along this line, especially as it uh, pertains to being full. We just need to understand this is vital. This is not something that uh, we can play games with. So I'm just going to say some things. You know, we're, we're looking at it. It, it, it. The Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of ourselves together. It says, uh, verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Stir up love and good works. Stir up and encourage one another in what we're doing. Good works is what you're doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Stirring up. Well, you're stirring something up. You, you're getting full. You're getting ready. You're, you're getting encouraged. You're ready to go out and run your race and deal with the world. As crazy as it is. It says, forsaking, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another. Exhort, encouraging one another. Encouraging each other. There is encouragement in being together. There is encouragement in coming together in, in a, a, a physical location with the Spirit of God moving and the Spirit of God speaking to us in real time and pulling on the moment. I'm going to talk about that just for a minute because people don't understand this. They think it's the same if they just go watch a bunch of messages that are recorded. We have recorded messages. Thank God for them. And we should take part of that. But there's a difference when you're in the room pulling on the Holy Spirit through whatever gift is speaking real time. You have a part to play with what comes out. Like right now, 
This is not just me up here speaking. If you guys don't hook up with what's going on, it's going to be very difficult to speak. There is a supernatural dynamic going on right now that God is communicating with us, but he uses people, and what the job of the minister is is to hook up with him to uh, yield to him to be able to speak. And when, when you're in uh, listening, you have a part to play. You can make it easier or you can stand in the way for it, from it to happen and be opposing it. You can be putting the brakes on. So when you're in a meeting, you don't, don't come in uh, spectating. You come in pulling. You come in expecting. You, you know, you, you're, you're looking and say, help him, Lord. When we pray before, we're not just doing that to do it as a ritual. We are legitimately going before God saying, God, help us. And we're all in this together. We're pulling on what you want. Help him to get everything out that needs to get out this morning. Because your life may depend on it. My life didn't depend on it. I'm not exaggerating. We need to get what God has for us. And when we're gathering together, we're not doing it just to check a box religiously. We ought not anyway. We ought to say we're coming together to get exhortation, to get our encouragement, to 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 stand uh, and hear the, the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if there's anything that needs to happen, gifts of the Spirit-wise, that we're, we're open to these things. We're open to get all that God has for us to get so we can go out and do what he's called us to do. So important. So important. Thank you, Lord. So when you come in, you, you are pulling. You are expecting. And when, you know, we pray beforehand, I, I don't really preach the exact same message like ever. Even if I have similar notes, it, it comes out different. I'm trusting God to put it to do to, to put it in the right order for what we need to hear now. And if he needs to touch on something else just to, to help us do it. And so I'm trusting him as we're going in real time. Help us. Help us to get it out. Help us to, to speak what needs to, to, to be spoken. And if it's not here, it doesn't matter. Let's let's touch on that. In other words, you're not going to say, well, no, that's not in my notes. I have to go like this. What, what are we doing then? If, if we're, we're actually, yes, we do our best to prepare, with, to, to flow with him, but at the end of the day, if God is truly prompting you and he's over here and we say, no, that's not my notes, I'm over here, then what, where, at that point, if God's saying do this and you're saying, no, I want to do this, what, what did we just do? We just went off the rails and it's just us. Well, that's about what we're going to get at that point, just us. So, uh, no, we want to be... Um, we want to be ready and pulling. I'm going to, I'm talking about gathering together here and, and being full and not specifically talking about the minister, but I, I read something a, long, a, a while ago, and I want to, to show you this, um, or just quote this. I guess, I don't know who this gentleman is, but I, I saw the quote through another person that, that quoted it. I guess it's attributed to Matthew Simpson. It says, the preacher's throne is the pulpit. He stands in Christ's stead. His message is the word of God. Around him are immortal souls. The Savior unseen is beside him. The Holy Spirit broods over the congregation. Angels gaze upon the scene, and heaven and hell await the issue. What associations and what vast responsibility. That's a picture of what's going on right now. Much more. When we gather together and we're gathering to hear the word of God, so much more than, oh, somebody's talking. So much more supernaturally is going on. And we need to understand we're, we're um, connecting together and then with what God wants to do. What God wants to impart. 
Thank you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you. So let's look up and see how much of this to read. Acts 4 verse, and I will go to Acts 3 verse 1. We'll read through some of this just so if you're not familiar with it, you understand the import and the context. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple in the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Yeah, and if you have your Bibles, do turn there. We're going to read a, a quite a bit in Acts 3. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes upon him uh, with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. So if you're not familiar, this is, I mean, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the, the disciples uh, have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're going out now, and they're beginning uh, to preach. You know, the day of Pentecost, they went out and preached, and thousands got saved. But here, this is kind of the uh, next thing that's happening. They're going to the temple. Verse 5, so he gave him his attention. So they see this person that's been... Uh, lame from his mother's womb. So the, they go up to him, and um, he is begging. And so, verse 4, fixing his eyes upon him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he tells the person, look at him. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging, begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and the amazement of what had happened to him. Now as the lame man was healed, who was healed... Uh, held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently on this as though by his own power, our own power of godliness, we made this man to walk? So then he starts preaching to the, the crowd. If you skip down to chapter 4 then. They've been preaching and says, Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees, Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Verse 4, However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Next verse, and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had seen, set them in the midst, they asked, by what power, by what name have you done this? So they're grilling these guys, grilling Peter and John. Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, we this day are judged. If we this day are judged uh, for the good deed to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised uh, from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the same, or this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter, verse 13, the Peter of John, and perceived that they, had, they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, what a notable miracle had been done through them. Uh, is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it, but that it spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old uh, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So you can see they, they saw, they, they uh, through the name of Jesus, saw this man healed, and the religious leaders got angry about it, got mad, threatened them, and said, you don't speak anymore in Jesus' name. You don't say anything more. And they let him go, and when they were let go, they went to their own companions, or the King James says they went to their own company. They went to their own company. In the NIV, it says they went back to their own people. They went to the people that they are gathering together with. Of course, this is the early church. This is the beginning. They just added several thousand. But these, this is the core that they're gathering together with. Why? To receive encouragement. They've just been threatened. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. They've just seen the miraculous power of God in operation. But they're going back to those that they consider their own company to be encouraged and exhorted, and to go forward. Verse 24 says, When they had heard, or I, I've, I'm going to, so they, um, they went back to their own, own company. So when they had heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth, and all that is in them, by the, who by the mouth of your servant, David, have said, Why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot vain things? The king of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever ha uh, your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Verse 29, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place they were, where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they're threatened. They're told by the religious leaders, you don't talk about that anymore. So they go back to their own company. They gather together. They tell them what's going on. They pray together. The place was literally shaken. Notice it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were already filled with the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this. They were already filled with the Holy Spirit, but here they're refilled with the Holy Spirit because you need to keep being filled up. They, do you think it could be draining at all to be going before all the religious leaders and threatened and told, you shut up or else? These are the people that control their society. This is not a light thing. Do you think that's pressing on them, pushing on them? They're going back and praying, and now they're all filled with God. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And now, instead of uh, cowering back, they're filled with the power of God. And it says, with great boldness, they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they're coming together, and now they're going out to continue to do what God told them to do. So this is a picture. This time, they were coming together. And then they went out. And there's points where they were gathering together every day. 
but this is what we do. When we're gathering together, it's not to check a box and say, oh, I went to church this week. These guys, their lives are being threatened. They're told, you don't do this anymore. They're not playing games. They're coming together so that they can continue to do what God has called them to do. And they're being strengthened together. So this, the purpose of when they're gathering together here, they're praying together. You know, we have, there's different purposes for different meetings. Tonight, we're going to have a prayer meeting and praise meeting. We're going to pray for an hour, hour and a half and praise God, which is prayer. And that's the purpose to do these things, you know. There's, there's times you, you, you have a prayer meeting. There's times you just praise God. There's times we have uh, other ministry gifts in and special uh, times that, that we're being imparted um, different aspects of the Word of God and the ministry, and you're seeing different things. There's just our general, when we meet together like this, we're open to whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to do. But that doesn't mean you don't necessarily do some things regularly. Just doesn't mean you don't have to, you can't just have any kind of, uh, you know, format at all. You just don't want to be tied to a format. And what is a format anyway? Think about what we do when we gather together, let's say, on a Sunday morning. What, 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 what are we doing as the church? If we keep in mind we're the church, we're gathering together, think about the different things that we generally do. We come in, we worship God, and we sing songs. Why do we sing these songs? There's multiple reasons. But why do you have songs to sing? So you can all be on the same page Worshiping God together. Now, there's times we'll go into free worship, and tonight there'll be a lot of that. If you haven't been to one of these prayer and praise meetings, come. It, it, it's a different thing. It's a, an extended time of worship, not that you try to shorten or cut, cut, make long or whatever, you know, the time in, in um, like a Sunday morning, but we're worshiping God, and you have, if you just have it so everybody is just worshiping God on their own, that's fine because we do have times like that. But what it's going to sound like is a bunch of different voices worshiping God and we're doing our own thing. And that's okay. There's times like that. What, why do we have songs? Why do we put the lyrics on the screen so we say, ooh, there's a cool TV and there's a really cool background? No, it's so that everybody knows what to sing. That's really it. You know, because 60 years ago we didn't have screens like that. Not even that long. We had printed page, and they wouldn't even have a printed page, probably, you know. Then, they definitely, the printing press wasn't invented. They would have scrolls or whatever, but they're not going to have 15 copies of it. What are you really doing? We're gathering together. Let's, we're just worshiping God. Let's worship God together. What, what, what's a song everybody knows? Okay, you know that? Well, let's sing it. That's all it is. That's all we're doing. It's just that not everybody may know the songs, and if you do it, the, only, the, the ones that everybody actually has memorized, you get limited. <laughs> and so, and you don't, you don't really need a band or anything. You know, I mean, what are we doing? We're just singing. You could have a few people gathered together. We could, if, if we just had none of this electronics and just gathered together, we could be singing. Why do you have a song leader? To, to direct where things are going. It's not a formality. It, a lot of this stuff is just functional. But we've made it in the church world like, oh, you got to do it like this. And we're glorifying the methods instead of what we're supposed to be glorifying God. And what is the reality of why we're gathered together? What are we actually doing? I mean, music, music is, church music is probably in some respects better than it ever has been to listen to. And certainly technologically and technically you know, as certain people together, I mean, there's been people that can really play instruments for a long time, and so I wouldn't say it's technically superior in every way, but as far as the um, coordination and, you know, the certainly the visuals and everything and all that stuff, yeah, we're probably further than ever, but is that the point? That's not the point. Does it mean you can't have excellent music? No. Does it mean you can't have a screen and cool TV? No, that doesn't mean you can't do that. That's just not the point. If we scale it all back, what are we doing? We're just singing songs together to worship God yes. to start. That's what we're doing. 
We're worshiping God and praising Him. And oh, we have the songs on the screen. You never heard the songs. There they are, and they're in time. And somebody's leading so you can hear them loud and clear so that you can uh, follow and everybody can be on the same page so it's not chaos. And oh, yeah, we have drums and we have bass and, uh, and piano and you know electric guitar or whatever just to add some, some fill. But is it like, do we... We, if we get focused on one instrument or start to be, that's a really cool lick, we've just lost it, the purpose at that point. That's not it. And there's yes, there's all the pads and all the synthesizer things and all the guitar sounds. And, you know, people have pedal boards that are, are huge and they got digital pedal boards and, you know, synthesizers with the keyboards. That's all cool. That's not the point, though. That's all if we lose the heart of worshiping God and that if we can't worship God the same when we just are here and there's no music and we're a cappella, we've lost the point of gathering together. So we're worshiping God. We're praising God. These guys, they came, I guarantee it, they didn't have any synthesizers, anything, and the power of God shook the building. Which one would you rather have? Real cool, because I've heard, I've heard music sounds really cool, dead as a doornail as far as spirit goes. I'm not, you don't have to have either or. I'm just saying you got you to gotta keep first first. But I, my, what I'm talking about right now is, what, what do we do when we're gathering together? Why do we sing? Because you know what? You just came from the world. You're coming in here. We're putting, that's what they did. We're putting our attention on God all together. That's why we, you shouldn't be doing something else at any time during the service, let alone worship. When you come in, you ought to be expecting pulling. It is not a show. It is not entertainment which we could rail on that for you know, a long time as far as the church world made church entertainment and people going to church like they're watching a movie. And now when it's on a screen, real easy to do. That's not the point. We're talking about being full of God and coming in to His presence. Well, that's the point of us gathering together is to worship Him and to hear His word. So we come in. And we worship God, and we're getting our minds set on Him. What does that do? It gets your heart receptive to hear the Word. And so we're, we're worshiping Him, and we honor Him. And so uh, we spend some time doing that, and then we have some logistics. So we've gathered together. You, you've come together. And people are doing different things. And now another means of communication. Now, before website, before, um, you know, video, before email, if you're coming together, the time of announcements is just to distribute information. It's logistics, okay? You could do it at different times. And sometimes, you know, we've had services where you can start in worship and we just, just keep going. And then just go right into the message. Well, if it's that type of a service, good. But you don't have to say, well, now that's spiritual. That's what we're going to do. In fact, if you come tonight, I'm not, I've said that several times, I'm not trying to advertise for praise and prayer and praise. I'm just using it as an example. We don't have any, no, no announcements, anything, because we're having that now. This is a special meeting. You just start praising God and just go right into the end. But if you did that all the time, people would not ever know what's going on unless you did it a different way, and the people don't necessarily tune into stuff. So it is just, it's not a form for the sake of form. It is just communicating with the church, yes. right? That's all it is. So then we talk, then we, we receive tithes and offerings. Well, if you go back 50 years, you couldn't do it online. You could mail it, I guess. But if you go back like, Further than that, at some point, you're going to hit a point where there is no mail. And so what people are bringing, that's, that's a, 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 an opportunity. That's a time where people are they're bringing their worship to God because it is a worship. So that's a place. And so that's what we're doing. And, and we're, we're receiving uh, that to God. It's an act of worship. So that's a place when we're gathering together. It's not a form. It's not a, like, you know, so you could... People do, you could try to move these things around, and people do, but you put certain things at the beginning, some people aren't here. You put things at the end, people have checked out, you know, so it, it, that's all just logistics. You don't serve any of that stuff. 
So put these things aside. You have to do those sometime. Then you're receiving the Word. We're looking at the Word of God, and God has, and we've taught on this, so like I said, this is more of just kind of, we're flying over some of this for the sake of the context we're in. But um, God has placed gifts in the body of Christ, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, to, to facilitate the ministry of God. We're all ministers in a sense, but not a five-fold ministry gift. And he puts those in the, in the church for certain purposes, and we need them all. But a lot of the times we're going to be receiving from a pastor, and a pastor is anointed to feed the Word of God. So it's not just somebody getting up here and speaking the Word in a natural sense. It is God, the chief shepherd, anointing under shepherds to feed his flock. And so we're all getting an anointed by the Holy Spirit, Word of God that is actually impacting our heart, changing our perception and understanding of his word to be able to go out and do what we're called to do. He set up, God set those gifts in the church. God set up that structure, not a man. And then there are gifts of the spirit, movings of the spirit that we yield to. And some of those go in more and less manifestation uh, sometimes a lot of that stuff, the more unbelievers you have in certain things, you're going to see more of that more in certain areas, and then some things are for the church. And you, you don't make those things up. You, you flow with the Spirit of God in those things. So you're open to that the whole time. But we're gathering together so that we can uh, be encouraged, be lifted up, that we can worship God, that we can receive. A word. How many, and I do want a show of hands, if you don't have a, just be honest, but have you ever had a message that, that you've sat in, in, a, in a service? I'm not talking about here. I'm talking in general. And you received truth that it literally, you saw something and it changed your life, changed the trajectory of, of where you're going. It happens all the time. That you, I remember when I was um, going, when I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, going to church, I mean, continually hearing truths that just keep, it's exactly what you need to hear at the given at the given time because the Holy Spirit is the one ministering. Yes. And so, if you the the Spirit of God ministers and builds us up in this way, and brings us forward, and that's 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 the the uh, structure, that's the pattern, that's what He is doing is bringing His church forward. So when we are gathering together, if we or I'll say it this way, if we forsake that, then we are missing out on his path or his way of bringing us forward as, a, as, a, as an individual. We will not be as strong as we should, period. We, we are supposed to be together and to be strong and to go out with boldness and to do what he's called us to do. And so... The, the church in, in, um, in 2023, there's so much that, that people have gone away um, from gathering together and from thinking they even need a church. And if they think they, they, if they look at a church, they look at it like they're going to buy something at, at a store. Which one do I want? Which brand? Do, eh, I don't like the color of that. Um, what about, or, you know, you're looking at reviews. Which one should I get? Do I even need that? And it is totally wrong. It is, it is error, and it is foolish from a sense of if you are, if a person, the Christian, is serious about God, then there is, it is not, it is not remotely optional to say, I don't need a church. I don't need to gather together because we are going to be weaker that way. And then when people do, so many times they're going and acting like when they're going, to, they're going to select a church, it's just like it's something they're naturally selecting instead of God Almighty, where do you want me to go? And when I go, I'm attending seriously, bringing my expectation 
that I'm serving in the capacity of whatever you've gifted me to do. I'm helping your body go forward. I am doing things outside the four walls of the church to, to flow with you, and I'm doing things inside the four walls, but I'm serious. I, I'm not negating this, and it certainly isn't that, well, no, I'm a part of eight churches online, and it's cool. I watch this one and this one. Just go back 1,500 years, not possible, and it's not right. And it's, there's no way you're going to be full like that, and people get off into error because they pick and choose things that they want to believe instead of coming together and just getting with a body of believers and, and partaking of what God has set up. Then you can be full. Like these guys, they came back, they went and they were filled with the Spirit of God and they went out with boldness. Boldness. Boldness in the face of people threatening them. We want to be bold. We want to be encouraged. And when you have people of like precious faith that are around you, that you know are running your race, that you know, you look at the Word and it's a, you, you get... The, the word from God anointed and you see things and, and it, it encourages you and you come out. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's a, a spiritual meal when we come together. You go out full. You're like, mm, that's yes, that's why I need. And something on the inside has been filled up and something has been solidified and then you go forward. And so then we have different types of when we come together. We have come together for something particular or special, and we're praying together. The Bible says that two of us in agreement, yes. that we can agree as touching anything on this earth, and it will be done for us. The Bible says that one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Well, what about a whole group of us? Amen. Serious stuff. Our, our, our walk with God and our uh, hooking up with a local body of believers is a serious thing. It's not a light thing. And I'm not saying it's a drab thing or like serious scared thing. It's just serious. We have fun. You can enjoy life, but you don't take it lightly. You honor God. You believe Him. You come expecting you come ready. Not just about what I'm going to get, but what can I give? Why am I here? Maybe somebody else needs something and I'm there to be an encouragement. Amen. Amen. 